Welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. It's the NTT20 betting show. It's sponsored by Betfair and it's me, Ali Maxwell, and him, George Alec, making betting picks a hell of a, f- a hell ahead of a full slate of EFL action. This show is very strictly for over 18s only, and we ask that everyone listening be gamble aware, which means, among other things, uh, never betting more than you can afford to lose, uh, never chasing your losses. Uh, there's lots of other aspects of being gamble aware, which you can learn at begambleaware.org. Uh, this week, we look to go a little bit better than last week individually where both of our naps lost, our goal scorers and our long shots all lost as well. The good news was that the next bests won, Gillingham and Huddersfield plus one. But the headline has to be a landed, successful BTTS sixfold in week three. We didn't have to wait long, George. 32.47, the winning price. Ah, there you go. Um, Yeah, awesome. Amazing to see how many people backed it as well. It's really fun. You know, it, variance has gone our way. Two out of six first week. Uh-oh, what have we done here? Two out of six second week. Oh my goodness, are we really bad at this? Nope, six from six. Thank you very much for a lovely game of BTTS Saka. <laughs> yeah, we need two to land during the whole season in order to be in profit over the season because they're always going to be around 30 to 1 up to 35 36 37 to 1 um and we've we've landed one early which i think buys us a lot of time and a bit of credit uh, so 37 weeks or so to go uh, and let's see how many more of these we can land we had a lot of fortune as well of course we did uh, blackburn hull was nil nil at half time with blackburn down to 10 and they were the team that scored first which is is really what we needed uh, hull immediately equalizing and then also up at accrington Harrogate were looking terrible. They were 1-0 down. And then Aki defender Seb Quirk flew into a challenge, got a second yellow, and Harrogate scored straight away from that set piece. That was the goal that landed the sixfold. Uh, of course, we had Aaron Ramsey scoring from 35 yards as well for Cardiff, which was their goal against Leicester. So uh, a lot of luck, bit of variance, all those sorts of things. Um, thanks for all the nice messages that you guys sent. It, uh, it it made it a really, really fun weekend. So let's see how we go uh, this week. George, across the whole EFL, what's your best bet? What's your nap? My nap is Bristol Rovers to beat Wickham at 11-10 to 10 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Um, I'm really, with Bristol Rovers, I'm really against Wickham Wanderers uh, from what we've seen so far this season. So this is a fairly easy one to be backing at odds against. Um, looking at Bristol Rovers so far this season, the um, fixture computer has been pretty mean to Joey Barton. Who can blame it? But... Um, it's a uh, yeah. It's been a difficult start for them in terms of of pure, you know, the, the fixtures they've had on paper, and they've done pretty well, all things considered. Um, we saw them beat uh, Charlton away from home um, for to get their first win of the season in midweek uh, in a game where they scored late on, well, very very late, uh, like the 98th minute late, in order to get the win, but it was deserved. We also see them play once at home already this season. That came against um, Barn- uh, Barnsley, who took the lead early. And Bristol Rovers had w- w- more than value for their equaliser that came fairly late in that game. Um, they, on opening day, were, went to Pompey and got a decent point, um, uh, conceding late in that one, very nearly three points. And I'm basically, as listeners to the Monday show will have heard, I'm basically willing to give them a free pass on the... Um, 2-0 defeat at Cambridge because I think one of my big stances and slightly otherwise is basically going to be to back Cambridge at home to teams who are generally fairly 
uh, ball-playing, attacking sides because I just think that they, Mark Bonner has got a team and a setup at the Abbey that is is kind of perfect to, to counter that threat. Um, we've seen Oxford go there on opening day and look really poor, and they've gone on and won their next three games. Um, I, yeah, I just I just don't necessarily think that it's too much to be concerned about. So this is the, only their second home game of the season. They'll be looking to get their first home um, to get their uh, first home win after not quite getting over the line um, with the. Uh, the first, sorry, not quite getting over the line uh, against Barnsley despite um, scoring late and what would have felt like a, a pretty good result for them. Um, and they're playing against a Wickham side that I'm just very, very keen to get against um, wherever possible, really, at this current moment in time. Uh, some kind of facts around Wickham um, since Matt Bloomfield took over in that they, um, you know, when Gareth Ainsworth left, it's easy, easy to forget this stuff, when Ainsworth left last season, Wickham had won five games on the bounce in League One. Um, Bloomfield only won five of his 15 left in the league. Um, and of those games, I think all five were against teams that finished in the bottom half. They also lost to, to Morecambe in that time, who ended up getting relegated. And they start this season incredibly poorly. They were 2-0 down after four minutes on opening day at home. Um, they were nearly 3-0 down in that same game with Sam Nombe missing a penalty after 10 minutes um, against Exeter, a team that, you know, I don't think... I mean, even though they've started the season okay, you know that is not really a um, an acceptable level of performance. I, I don't think anyone would say. Um, and their only win so far this campaign has come thanks to a sending off in a game where they score from set pieces. Like it's really unconvincing stuff. Last time out, they drew nil nil at home to Burton, who've started the season really poorly um, that 3-2 win was against Leighton Orient with a sending off or in another team who started the season fairly poorly like when you think of their fixtures so far have been Exeter um, at home Lincoln away which they lost 3-0 Leighton Orient at home down to 10 men they squeezed past 3-2 and then Wick and Ben Burton at home like they, they must have had the easiest on paper games to start a start season than anybody they've only scored in one of those games and only picked up four points like it's it's been pretty poor and up against Bristol Rovers I've got no doubt they're coming up against their, their most difficult opposition yet um, so much to like in terms of Bristol Rovers attacking players I know Aaron Collins hasn't shown the, the finishing touch we've seen from him in the past but in Collins Sinclair who has shown that this season Marquis up front Harvey Vale who's come in from, Ch- from Chelsea and has come off the bench twice you'd think he's set to start pretty soon um, I just think that Bristol Rovers are, are a far better team right now um, than Wickham I think Bristol Rovers are a team who have every chance of challenging for the playoffs and I think Wickham are a team who unless something changes look in my eyes at least set to be in a relegation battle so um, yeah I'm, I'm strong on Bristol Rovers at home here yeah I like it that was very much on my radar as well uh, I've thankfully left it off so that we've got a nice spread uh, League 2 is where my nap is and it's AFC Wimbledon to beat Forest Green Rovers at home uh, 1.83 with the Betfair Sportsbook, so 5-6 to six the price. Uh, and it's it's a Wimbledon team that I think have had a really interesting start to the season. First two games they drew away at Grimsby, at home to Wrexham. Uh, very good points, both of them. Uh, across those two games they had three penalties, of which they missed two and scored one. And I felt that it was difficult after those two to really judge where they were at. Um, so I had a pretty good on their last two games and there's no two ways about it. Their last two performances and results have been absolutely excellent. A 2-0 win at Colchester, followed up with a 3-0 win at Sutton. Uh, the, the Sutton 
game and result was significant, not just in, you know, for sort of short term reasons to, to get a second win back to back to put them on eight points from their four games. It was uh, had a much wider significance, I think. Last season against Sutton, uh, they lost both games. They were bullied really by Sutton they particularly from set piece situations and for a Wimbledon team and a fan base that had got used to being in League One to drop down to League Two to come up against a, a local team in Sutton who you sort of consider yourself a, a much larger club than a bigger club to lose twice against them last season was uh, part of the reason well it, it fed into a really disappointing season a lot of pressure on Johnny Jackson I think the win last weekend uh, goes a huge way to completely changing the atmosphere around the place which is something that that's been easy to perceive even over the course of the summer with the transfer business that the fans were pleased to see business being done uh, joined up thinking and I think Jackson and Craig Cope um, behind the scenes have built a, a, a league two team with a style that I really like uh, a strong physical team first and foremost um, they've hit the ground running in terms of a player selection 10 players have started the last three games I think that shows a nice consistency a nice clarity already this season and it's the complete opposite to last season where over the course of 46 games they had they tried four or five different tactical approaches they couldn't find one that worked consistently there were injuries there were player departures there were lots of reasons for it but it wasn't good enough uh, it seems like there's a lot more clarity from top to bottom now and we're seeing it come out on the pitch you know they've got attacking players that are a handful and complement each other well so Omar Bugil as the target man Ali Alhamadi playing off him works really well on paper and on the pitch and then they take those two off and they've got Harry Pell to play target man and Josh Davison to run around for the last 20 minutes, who's you know a really good physical, energetic striker. So that works really well, means that opposition defences don't get any rest. They've got midfielders who are both decent on the ball, but also up for the battle and kind of savvy at this level. Jake Reeves in particular and Armani Little as well. The centre-backs Johnson and Lewis signed from Stockport have been excellent. Got a good uh, partnership already, which is what you want from your centre-backs. Uh, and Tilly's been the star of the show, really. James Tilly signed from Crawley, playing off the right wing, left footer. Um, takes a ton of shots uh, and is scoring goals and looking really dangerous. I like Neufeld off the left as well. Really silky 1v1 um, dribbler. So they're playing with attacking intent, quick on the break, good press, physically good, defending well. A really strong start to the season. I'm feeling very, very positive about AFC Wimbledon. And basically the opposite against uh, about Forest Green Rovers, who have started poorly. Um, one win was uh, away at Harrogate, who probably look like the worst team in the division at this stage uh, so again it's not a it's not a win that you mark a team up massively for and three home games and they've lost all three of them now the Swindon game they went a man down and that impacted things but they didn't respond very well to that the Newport game last week they went 1-0 down after 13 seconds didn't deal with a simple ball forward uh, and a, a pacey striker ran in behind uh, and slotted home 1v1. All of these things speak to a team that just wasn't quite ready to hit the ground running this season under the new manager, David Horseman, who I don't think necessarily has found a system or a selection uh, of, of, of personnel, a starting eleven that's working at this point in time. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I just think a team in Wimbledon, high on confidence, playing well against the team 
in Forest Green with the joint lowest open play XG in the league through four games and the second highest open play XG against after four games. Three of those were at home. Uh, it's it's red flags all over for me with Forest Green. So uh, Wimbledon to win, five to six um, uh, with the match odds market is my pick. Good time to mention match odds 90. That's this season's big offer from Betfair. Uh, I, I tried to make the most of it last weekend in my Argyle nap, um, which didn't come off. But basically any market with the 90 icon on the Betfair Sportsbook, uh, that means you're betting on the match odds 90 market. And it means that if the team you bet on is winning, when the clock hits 90... 0. 0, uh, it'll be a winner no matter what happens in added time so you'll be a winner if your team is winning at 90 minutes even if they concede an equaliser in added time uh, of course if you back a team on the match odds 90 market and they score a winner in injury time that'll be a winner as well uh, you can build Ackers with the match odds 90 market as well and uh, make sure you read the T's and C's on the Betfair site to understand exactly what match odds 90 is uh, George next best my next best is in the championship, and it is Cardiff to beat Sheffield Wednesday at eleven to ten. Um, I've been really disappointed with Sheffield Wednesday so far this season, and <clears throat> the whole club feels to me like it is just not in a particularly good place. Um, they have lost all three of their games so far this season, two of which came at Hillsborough. Uh, losing to Southampton on opening day where they were completely outplayed losing 4-2 against Hull with a a late uh, consolation Um, stopping it from being a a real thrashing where Hull were were by far the better side and then a a 1-0 defeat against Preston where neither team created a great deal but Liam Lindsay scored the all-important goal Um, I just don't really see why Sheffield Wednesday there's no evidence to suggest they're going to improve their performance levels. I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that Cisco Munoz is a manager who will suddenly take a a group of players who just don't particularly look good enough um, and reroute them onto a, a more positive path. He said that he's not particularly concerned about his job, which um, or doesn't feel the pressure is what he said around his job, which I think is quite a weird thing to say given they've lost three games on the trot. Um, yes, we've seen a lot of players brought in, but... Most of them strike me as players where it's a classic case where fans are going to be like, have you seen Juan Delgado? He looks unbelievable. And then actually when it comes to it, then, you know, they're not as good as as, as fans hope that they're going to be. Um, and there's been no suggestion or no evidence so far this season, in my mind at least, that the, the players they brought in have been the, the ones they needed in order to improve. Um, yeah, it, it's a lot of new players, so maybe it will improve in time. But um, I'm seeing very little to get excited about right now. Um, with this host of players kind of brought in from the continent. Um, up against a Cardiff team who I think have been unlucky so far not to, to get more out of their games. You know, they were the latest team to go toe-to-toe until the last bell against um, Leicester and conceded a 92nd minute goal that won Leicester the game. But I thought they were impressive. You know, they, they weren't great up until Aaron Ramsey's goal. Then Ramsey hits a top right from 35 yards and suddenly they grew into that game. And, and for the last 20, 25 minutes or so, it could have gone either way. And as has been the case with Leicester's game so far, it went in the favour of, of Enzo Maresca's men. But they lost nothing in defeat there. They lost nothing in defeat when going 2-0 up at Ellen Road on opening day, um, where you know it was just an, an onslaught of pressure in the second half. It was a very, very late goal from Somerville that stopped them from getting three points. And even against um, QPR, where they lost 2-1 in a really disappointing result. Like For the first half an hour, it was one-way traffic, and Sinclair Armstrong, Armstrong scored what I think was QPR's first shot of the game, or first one or two, I think. And... Um, and again, a lot of pressure from Cardiff, which didn't tell in the end, but harsh to lose the game 2-1. So, 
you know, looking at these two sides, there's not a great deal in between them in terms of the actual results. But I think Cardiff's opposition have been more difficult. Not much, because of course, Wednesday played Saints on opening day, but have shown more in all three of their games, really. I think they've shown more in, in, in isolation in those games, and Sheffield Wednesday have shown all, all campaigns so far. Um, Wednesday aside, who are not creating a great deal. And, you know, not in the Preston game, but in the previous two games, we're not particularly good at keeping the opposition out either. So, um, yeah, I'm very concerned for Wednesday. One of these teams, well, unless it's a draw, but one of the, you know, both of these teams will be hoping to, to finally pick up their first win of the season. The odds reflect the fact that the home team are more likely, but I still think there's some value there at 11-10 to 10 to, to get with the home side who I think have a better team on paper, have, um, you know, the two managers we don't know, well, two managers who, in Errol bullet there doesn't seem to be too many issues with what he's doing so far with, with Cardiff they've looked capable at worst um with Cisco Munoz we're still unsure as to uh, where his, his main strengths lie I would say and there have been concerns this season for me about the, the way that he set up Wednesday so um yeah I'm, I'm I'm bullish well I'm I'm confident that the Cardiff still represents some value at odds against to, to get the home win yeah, same price for my next best. 11 to 10. Uh, it's in League One and it's Cambridge. Draw no bet at 11 to 10. Cambridge are away at Leighton Orient. Uh, I guess the, the headline would be I think Leighton Orient are playing poorly and I think Cambridge United are playing well. And as I say it, I realise that would be a boring headline for a piece. Uh, so let's hope that the body and the actual copy would be more interesting than that. Uh, I think Cambridge maybe playing better than well. I think they're playing really well, actually. Uh, three 2-0 wins out of their four league games. All of them are pretty legit uh, in terms of like the balance of play and the way that they've performed and the manner in which they've gone about winning those games. Um, the one last weekend, they left it fairly late. They needed Okunabire off the bench and then Kai Kai making it 2-0 in injury time. But I think the way that they play and I think the way that the squad looks at the moment is designed pretty well for a team that sticks in games and then finishes kind of strong. I think Bonner's tactics are absolutely spot on to get the most out of this team of players and it's yet another piece of evidence to suggest that Mark Bonner is an incredibly shrewd manager. The shape has been great out of possession, a very hard working team, Um, they don't let a lot sort of through them uh, and they have at the right time been pretty good in terms of pressing they're not an all-out high pressing high line team that wouldn't necessarily be appropriate because uh, as you've pointed out a few times on the Monday show they've got veteran defenders uh, Michael Morrison and uh, Bennett playing at centre-back now those two guys brilliant at defending their box clearing their lines um, half decent on the ball as well but they're not guys that you want defending with a high line so it's kind of mid to low block stuff but they are ready to pounce when the ball gets into dangerous areas and more importantly they are electric on the counter-attack so far this season they're getting tons of shots and chances on the break um that's where they scored their first goal against oxford united uh where in particular saiku janet seems to be a really strong powerful ball carrier and can carry it 40 50 yards on the break uh, and a couple of his shots have been parried into on-running attackers to tap in. They're getting shots after uh, high turnovers. It's a nice rotation of attackers. You've got Ahadme scoring uh, twice already this season. You've got Jana, Lancaster and Brophy uh, as the front four. And then off the bench, as mentioned, Okunabire, Kai Kai, Kachunga can come off the bench. And you don't have a big drop-off there. You just keep the pressure on and you maintain that attacking threat. So impressed with Cambridge. And as for Orient, quite a tough fixture list so far, to be fair to them. 
but only one point, uh, and that was against Blackpool last weekend, a nil-nil draw where they were um, fairly decent to get the draw, but certainly by no means the the better side in that game. Um, outside of that, it's been defeats to uh, Wickham uh, and also to Charlton on opening day, and then that 4-0 defeat at home to Portsmouth, where in fairness, Pompey scored almost every single shot. Um, I guess the biggest concern for Orient at the moment is the fact that They've only scored uh, two goals and it just hasn't quite worked for Wellens' team stepping up from League Two. Uh, they're, they're still trying to play kind of technical possession-based stuff. It's just not really working at this moment in time. I think injury issues aren't helping them. A lot of first-team players are missing at the moment and uh, full-back in particular seems to be a bit of an issue. For me, the big miss is probably Sol Brin. Loney goalkeeper came in to replace uh, Lawrence Vigarou, who was huge for them last season and looked like a, a pretty good thing, but he's out at the moment. And basically, they just seem to have lost a little bit of that special source that they had last season, Leighton Orient. The special source that um, allowed them to keep clean sheets for fun and just like win a load of games fairly narrowly. Uh, they've stepped up a division and perhaps unsurprisingly, it's not been quite as easy for them. So more than happy to take a Cambridge team that I think are performing way higher than Leighton Orient at the moment at odds against Draw no bet as well, uh, Cambridge team that look a, a pretty well-oiled machine and playing a style of play that I think could work again against Orient um, as they travel to Orient, just sort of drawing them onto to themselves and then hitting them on the break against a defence that's been struggling. Cambridge United draw no bet, 2.1, 11-10, goal scorer. My goal scorer is Joy Randall to score any time at 11-2 for Peterborough against Derby. Um, I think this is a massive price and I think he's kind of completely in the wrong position in the list when you consider um, the other players kind of surrounding him uh, for Peterborough. Um, I was interested in this anyway for two reasons and it was kind of the first game I went to for this market because um, firstly with Johnson Clark Harris he's yet to score this season Um, he's playing okay but there's still rumours you know he's still transfer listed still rumours that he might be moving on I've seen I mean I have no idea how accurate it was but I've seen a few rumours about Huddersfield popping up um, mainly on Twitter, probably from new accounts, our three followers. Um, but either way, I mean, there, there does seem to be some murmurs that something might be in the offing. And if Clark Harris doesn't play, then obviously you'd think that there is value elsewhere within the Peterborough team anyway, um, given that he's kind of factored into the prices. Um, but Randall, you know, when you consider um, Clark Harris is, is 9-5 to five to score any time. Uh, Tishamanga would be 30, 13 to five. Like I would definitely give that a second look if if he starts up front rather than Clark Harris. Um, Ephraim Mason Clark is seven to two. Kwame Poku is four to one. Um, and Joel Randall's eleven to two. Like I, I I don't think that is right. Randall has been playing basically every minute this season for Peterborough in a number ten role, just behind the striker. Um, he's had um, he had three shots last time out against Northampton. He's already had three shots this season with an expected goals of, of kind of over 0.1. His uh, his xG total this season is over one. He scored in the Carabao Cup game that they had already. Like he he's a goal threat. Like he's he's someone who previously at Exeter went playing well, scored I think eight goals in a season from from 30 games. Like he is someone who playing in this attacking side there's, there's it's just a matter of time until Joranna scores a goal and yet he's being priced up as if he's playing almost like a, a central midfield role um which I think is wrong I think I think posh a value to to win the game as well we just spoke about this on on the, the six fix which is our um pod that goes out on the EFL newsletter previewing the weekend action um I think posh you know the the result in Northampton 
doesn't tell the full story of that game. I think they've been the better team in all four of their games so far. They probably should have 12 points from four games. The preseason pessimism isn't really being played out on the pitch where they still look at like a fantastic side and, and Randall's been part of that so and they're up against a Derby team who Derby fans will tell you are not playing well you know they've beaten Burton and Fleetwood so far this season but in the two games against decent opposition in, in Wigan and, and Oxford they've come away 2-1 losers so I think Peterborough they're nearly 6-4 to four to win the game I wouldn't put anyone off that um, and I think in, in Randall there's, there's definitely some juice in that price for someone who Know, his primary function, or not primary function, but one of his main functions on the pitch is to get into goal scoring uh, positions. Um, and if Clark Harris is there, then he'll be playing off a, a player who's who can you know hold his own up top on on his own. So yeah, I, I don't think we'll be getting eleven to two about Randall anytime in ten fifteen games when he's probably scored a few goals this season. My goal scorer is the truffle pig Shane Lavery of Blackpool, uh, the Betfair Sportsbook comfortably best price for a lavery goal this weekend anytime price 16 to 5 4.2 in the decimal with the betfair sportsbook um pretty straightforward this for me uh he's getting into dangerous goal scoring positions something that we know from watching a fair amount of shane lavery over the last few years that that is something that he does quite a lot uh, he had a, a really good uh, goal-scoring burst two years ago. Last season, he had a difficult time with injury. Uh, he started this season with two goals on opening opening day, really nicely taken as well, looking sharp. Um, and since then, albeit he hasn't scored, in fact, Blackpool themselves haven't scored for three games now, uh, he's had a few other decent chances. Uh, a header against Exeter that went very close, two or three good chances against Orient last weekend. Uh, one of them forced a brilliant save. Uh, one of them hit the post. One of them was dragged wide when well placed near the end. Um, Lavery's a bit of a live wire, just constantly on the move, ready to react as soon as Blackpool win the ball, um, making clever runs and getting shots off. That's his job. And look, they're quite light up top at the moment, Blackpool. It's really just been him and and Jake Beasley. Of the two, he's clearly the main man uh, right now in, in Critchley's eyes and he's clearly the one that's getting on the end of the majority of their chances. It won't surprise you that I'm not worried about Blackpool not having scored in three games. Uh, I think they're in good shape. They haven't conceded a goal this season. I think they're a good team. And uh, albeit away at Lincoln is not an easy game. And Lincoln don't give a, too much away. I, I think it'll be a low-scoring affair. I do think that Blackpool can create chances against Lincoln. And if they do, importantly, Shane Lavery is most likely to be on the end of them. So for him to be at 4.2, 16-5, um, I, I think that's... Uh, well, I think that's certainly worth a big interest. There are... You know, there are Blackpool players shorter than him, Carl Joseph and Jake Beasley. Um, there are four maybe Lincoln players that are a shorter price than, than uh, Shane Lavery to score here. That's not how I see it. I think he's the probably the most likely goal scorer in the game. So 16 to 5, uh, anytime goal scorer. Shane Lavery of Blackpool is a lovely price. Uh, build your EFL Acker this weekend with Betfair. Uh, it's a free Acker on football every weekend in August. So this is the last week in August that you can make the most of this. Uh, just claim the free bet via the promotions page. So that means building a multiple or a bet builder. The free bet will be there in the bet slip as long as you've claimed it via the promotions page. Free bet varies from £1 to £2 per customer. And please read the T's and C's for all of the details. What is your long shot, George? You've already written a, uh, a piece this week for the long shot newsletter which is the kind of sibling of the betting show. Uh, what about a long shot pick here? Yeah, the long shot newsletter going well, going along nicely. Uh, it's annoying I can't 
kind of say what the picks are because obviously people pay for them. <laughs> but we've got like a, a preseason hacker that was three, just over three to one. That's now kind of seven or four, and a relegation bet that I put up after opening weekend, eight to one. That's now four to one um, and shortening. So we're doing all right. So if that, that that kind of stuff is up your street, make sure you do go and check it out. It's twenty quid a month. Uh, we've got Nick Goff um, doing his first. Uh, he did a preseason tip, but his first midseason tip coming up on Tuesday next week. So that is probably more enticing than my ramblings. Um, but my long shot here for the purpose of this, for this Saturday's football, is Crawley Town to win at Swindon and both teams to score. That is six to one with a Betfair Sportsbook. Um, the BTTS part is because Swindon be crazy, um, I think is probably the, the main reason. Uh, they were last seen in the league during five all at Wrexham. Um, Wrexham, uh, you know, themselves bring chaos to home games. Uh, but Swindon, you know, were, were pretty poor at the back in terms of defending their lead. They they put five away with some decent finishing. Um, and their games prior to that, we saw them take a 2-0 lead over Crewe and, and concede twice to, to draw two all. Saw them um, beat Forest Green 2-1 uh, after Forest Green had a man sent off. But their games have just been very end-to-end. Um, they don't look particularly adept at holding on to a lead. They look pretty good at coming back from behind. Um, you know, Flynn's obviously instilling a, a very attacking uh, philosophy. They've even had BTTS in both of their cup games so far this season too. Um, for Crawley, it's been less crazy, but still a, a lot of reason in my mind to think that they are a team where, where we're going to see plenty of goals this season. Um, and on opening day they won 1-0 but Bradford were down to 10 men in the second half which made that game a, you know kind of killed the game a bit they also missed a penalty before going 1-0 down at Gillingham in that 1-0 loss both games that haven't finished BTTS this season have um, some significant you know have some, some kind of obvious reasons why uh, away from that they drew 1-0 with Salford they beat MK Dons 2-1 they have been a constant threat in basically every game so far this season um, you know I think those of us who thought they were going to be the worst team in the league have had to reevaluate pretty quickly um, and defensively, you know, they, they've only kept one clean sheet and that was in that game against Bradford on opening day. Um, I, I think they're valued to win the game just because, as I said, I don't think the market is necessarily caught up to the fact that they look quite good and I think there's an argument to say they've been the best team in all four of their games so far. Um, so there's an added spice to this as well with Scott Lindsay who had that weird situation last season where he was kind of still swindon manager for about two weeks even when everyone knew he was going to crawley uh, i'm sure he will want to take crawley there and prove his previous employers wrong um and i think yeah i think that the it should be a, a high scoring tight affair which means that a six to one crawley should be valued to, to get over the line with, with both teams getting on the score sheet george's long shot six to one my long shot 45 to one each way uh taking the same approach as last week looking for a centre-back to score at a chunky price, and I've landed in League Two, and I'm hoping that Jay Rich Bagaloo of Accrington Stanley will score against Salford City. 45 to 1 each way, half a point. Uh, there you go. Salford's defending from set pieces is the reason here. Uh, it has been highly, highly problematic. Uh, if you look at the shots that they've conceded this season, we're looking at 24 shots conceded uh, already in four games from opposition set pieces. Uh, Quite a lot of them, in fact, the majority of them, more than half, have been in central areas uh, from basically the penalty spot and closer. They are really struggling to defend 
the most like high tariff zones that you need to defend from set pieces and it's really concerning uh, last week against Tranmere they conceded one the first goal was from a cross albeit not from a set piece situation but uh, a free header in the middle of the box center backs nowhere to be seen uh, the second goal was a set piece the third goal was a set piece the goal they conceded against Crawley was an own goal following a set piece so they've been uh, in terrible shape Salford so far this season on that front uh, and Accrington have been a team that have looked to make the most out of set piece situations and look to create attacking set piece situations from basically anywhere on the pitch uh, in the last couple of years Jay Rich Bagaloo is very interesting to me he missed almost all of last season with a horrible injury um, but the year before that he had two goals uh, in 11 90s uh, 21 shots he had in that time so he was almost averaging two shots a game which as a centre-back is, is pretty exciting and he's the one attacking them. He's a big boy, the centre-back, uh, and he's attacking the sort of areas that I think Salford are looking really weak at the moment. Uh, so Mariapa, Tilt, Vassell, not doing what they need to do in clearing their lines. And, and I'm hoping that Jay Rich Bagaloo of Accrington will make the most of that. He's already had a couple of efforts this uh, this season, uh, namely last weekend against Harrogate. So uh, Jay Rich Bagaloo, 45-1, to by hoping to go better than uh, Finn Burns did. A, a limp display from Burns in Reading's box uh, last week sadly uh how about a vtts sixfold to finish us off at uh, george give me three selections please and let's see if we can catch lightning in a bottle twice j rich bagaloo more like j rich or bag for you <laughs> yes anyway um right so on to um the vtts hacker now leg one is i've already done it it's Swindon against Crawley, and I'm not going to do the reasoning again because that would be terrible audio content. So you've already heard that one. It was BTTS and Crawley win for the for the long shot, and for that exact reason, for the reasons I outlined, that's the first leg here. Second leg is Huddersfield against Norwich. Um, main reason for this is Norwich, who are um, somewhat the entertainers at the moment in the uh, in the Championship. Um, I also think there's a bit of value here because. The perception of Neil Warnock is that um, you know his teams are fairly dour and the rest of things. But actually, this season Huddersfield have been quite a good watch. Their game has been pretty end to end. They're conceding quite a few chances. They're creating loads in every game. The, the one or draw against against Middlesbrough was a good example of that. Where even though not, uh, Borough had, will feel like they had the chances to win the game, um, it wasn't like it was one way traffic at all. Um, we have seen, um, yeah. And, and in Norwich, we've already seen some games that have gone pretty crazy. All three of their league games so far have had BTTS. We saw a four-all draw uh, on their only previous away trip. We've already seen Huddersfield um, lose 3-1 at Plymouth in the Cup against Bilbao. The game finished 3-2. Um, against Leicester, they will feel like they had the, the chances to score. So kind of goal-mouth action for both of these sides. And I think Norwich under Wagner just seem to be... Um, basically at their happiest when the games are stretched and when they're throwing men forward. Uh, finally, it's Oxford-Charlton is the third leg. Uh, Oxford-Barnsley obviously doing the business for us. I just think stylistically this is perfect. Oxford are a side who really struggle to break down a low block and I think that might be a bit of a theme as the season goes on. Uh, but against teams who um, have you know come, come into a game looking to attack and where Oxford can hurt teams in transition, they're really strong. You know, the likes of Harris's pace and behind. Uh, Ruben Rodriguez um, through the, you know in the in the middle. Stan Mills looked very good on on Saturday with the assist for the own goal. Tyler Goodrum, Marcus Brown is injured for this one, um, which is a shame because he's another who's who's brilliant on the counter. But they, you know, I, I think this should be a game where 
given Dean Holden's general management style and the players that Charlton have got and the fact that there's no way I, I could see them going to a, a, an Oxford and just looking to sit in and defend and, and, and uh, abandon their normal processes uh, off the back of a, a game that finished 3-2 last time as well. Like Generally, if you look at, at Holden's teams, um, you know, they're both Bristol City and, and at Charlton. Um, they're, they're fairly end to end. Oxford have only kept um, one clean sheet in four games this season. That came against Carlisle. Uh, Charlton should have much more in attack to, to threaten them. So, I think this should be a good game to watch, and, and there should be goal match action at, at both ends. So, um, yeah, that's the third leg. So, my three are uh, Swindon against Crawley, uh, Huddersfield against Norwich, and Oxford Charlton. Yeah, I got one in the championship. Ipswich against Leeds, BTTS, yes. Uh, Ipswich have scored in 17 consecutive home league games. Uh, Kieran McKenna's quality coaching has seen them adapt to a higher division with more of a counter-attacking based approach than they had in, in League One where teams were just sitting in. And it's working well. There haven't really been any uh, issues uh, making that transition, so to speak, to a transition attack. Uh, and I think Leeds could be susceptible because it's it's hardly like they're going to sit back and, and, and just sort of bunker in away at Ipswich. Cardiff had some joy in the break against Leeds in opening weekend. Uh, and I think that, uh, that Ipswich can as well. But they have looked quite shaky at the back Ipswich uh, in games against Sunderland and against QPR in particular. Uh, at home to Stoke, they did look pretty good, um, but I still think that they can be got at and I, I think that Leeds will trouble their back line as well. So BTTS in Ipswich against Leeds. Uh, then also in uh, League 2, I've got a couple actually. Mansfield-Stockport, BTTS, yes. Big game in League 2 between, I think, two of its best teams uh, and certainly uh, so far this season, two of its best attacking teams. Uh, the top two for Open Play XG, Mansfield of generated 1.7 expected goals more than the next best team which is Stockport they've had 15 open play shots more than the next best team Um, they are creating tons of chances and scoring tons of goals but they're not defending that well conceding two against Donny and against Crewe and just consistently showing defensive lapses uh, I think it's fair to say Stockport will trouble them Um, they've scored only two goals from 5.7 expected so far so the chances are being created and they will go in sooner rather than later. And then a big price to boost the the, the, the overall six-fold price. Gillingham against Colchester is uh, 2.15, 23 to 20 with the Betfair Sportsbook, BTTS, yes. We're getting a big price here, obviously due to the fact that Gillingham haven't yet conceded a goal in the league. If there's one thing I've learned from podcasting with you for seven or eight years, it's not to take the view that just because something has happened four times in a row, it means it will happen every single match from now until the end of time. I fancy Jills to score uh, at home against a Cole U team that's shipped nine in four games in all comps. But I think there's been a lot to like about Cole U's attacking play. Uh, and, and they've shown that in the last couple of games. Joe Taylor has four in four up front for them. And then the likes of Jaden Fevrier, Junior Chamado, Noah Chilvers. All of these are strong attacking dribblers, creators, whatever that might be. They've got plenty about them, Cole, you going forward. And I fancy them to be the first team to score against Jills this season. Uh, that's my trio for the BTTS, which means that the sixfold is in league order. Huddersfield and Norwich, uh, Ipswich and Leeds. Then in League One, Oxford and Charlton. And three League Two games, Swindon Crawley, Mansfield Stockport and Gillingham Colchester. Right now, as we record on Thursday afternoon, the BTTS sixfold price is 35.98 with the Betfair Sportsbook. We ride again. 
I'm going to recap my picks very quickly and then I'll ask George to do the same. My nap is Wimbledon uh, to win at home to Forest Green 5-6, 1.83 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Cambridge draw no bet at 11-10, to 10, my next best. My goal scorer pick is Shane Truffle Pig Lavery at 16-5, 4.2. And my long shot, Jay Rich Bagaloo of Accrington, uh, half a point each way, 45-1. to 1, uh, And the BTTS sixfold, I will run through one more time once you've given us your individual picks. George. Jay's going to make you rich when he bags for you. It was there in front of me. I can't believe I missed it. Um, my nap is Bristol Rovers, um, who are at home to Wickham. My next best is Cardiff, uh, who are at home to Sheffield Wednesday. Cardiff, 11 to 10. Um, Bristol Rovers are 6 to 5. You know, 11 to 10 as well, so both the same price. Uh, Joel Randall, any time for Peterborough at home to Derby, 11 to 2. Crawley and both teams to score at 6 to 1 at Swindon. Okay, and the BTTS sixfold. Uh, Ipswich against Leeds, Huddersfield against Norwich, Oxford Charlton, Swindon Crawley, Mansfield, Stockport, and Gillingham Colchester, BTTS sixfold at 35.98. Thank you so much for listening to this betting show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I hope that you'll join us on Tuesday for the Monday pod. Work that one out. Bank holidays, eh? Uh, thank you to Betfair for their sponsorship of this podcast. You can watch the pod now on Betfair's YouTube channel if you would like to do that. Uh, have a great weekend and go very well.